you may have noticed these inserts in your bulletin. These are out of the back of the, I guess the teaching edition of the Purpose Driven Life. These are resources Rick Warren developed to help us examine ourselves to see how we're doing in these these five areas of worship and fellowship and discipleship and ministry and evangelism. Um, and if you want, you can turn these in and I'll grade them and return them to you. Um, these are these are not um, these are just for you to, to take in your free time and see how you're doing to um, you know, see what areas you're doing well in and see what areas you need, you, you know, you could use some growth in. And so take them and evaluate them and see kind of what's your plan to go forward. There are, you know, a list as long as your arm of books specifically focused on each and every one of these areas. If you're into reading, if you're not into reading, that's okay. Um, you know, there are other ways to, to explore more deeply these specific areas, um, to think about these questions. You know, the important thing is that we, we are honest with ourselves and we ask big questions. And it's not that we necessarily need to have an answer, but that we're continuing our quest to grow in faith. We're continuing in our quest to grow in our worship, to grow in our fellowship in these areas. And so take these home and spend some time with them. And let them kind of be a guide. And then there are these pink sheets uh, to think about overall what you thought about it and what are things, ideas, um, suggestions that, that can be put into practice in the life of the church. And so I invite you to use those resources um, and to let them challenge you and to... Um, let them be a guide as well. I love the, in John 6, you know, Jesus is talking about himself as the bread of life. And it's this immensely challenging teaching. And the disciple, and, and there's, a, there's this big crowd there, and they just start leaving. And they hear this teaching, and they go, this is too hard. And they start leaving. And they start leaving. And pretty soon the disciples are just there, and Jesus turns and he says, are, are you going to leave me too? I think it's Peter who says, he says, to whom would we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. And so Jesus challenges us and makes us question deeply the things to which we hold, and yet we know he does so out of love. And there is no one else to whom we could go, for he alone has the words of eternal life. But, and so today our, our goal is to kind of um, summarize this, this purpose-driven life experience. The title of that I noticed is really bad. You know, wrapping up the purpose-driven life kind of just, it sounds so final. You know, the idea is that, is that we're, we're beginning anew our purpose-driven life. We're rediscovering our purpose and God's purpose for us. And the, the idea is that we're always beginning again. This wrapping up is, is not a good way to put it. Um, and so we're going to look at Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, the Great Commission. And we're also going to spend some time in Genesis 12, which is the call of Abraham. And we're going to take those, those two stories separated by centuries and, and gather them 
together under one voice. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the, the opportunity to spend much time on public transportation, uh, specifically city buses, but there is one vital piece of information on every single bus, any type of bus, a city bus, a Greyhound bus, that without it, you would be lost, quite literally. You know, if you just hop on the first bus that comes by, if you stand at a bus stop, you just get on the first bus, assuming that it's the bus, it's really exciting. Who knows where it'll end up? But you probably won't make it to your planned destination. And so it's really helpful that when the bus comes by, they have a display in front of it that says where the destination is. And so when you're planning out your route, you figure out what the final stop is on whatever line you want to be on, and you get on that specific bus. But I'm willing to bet when you get on that bus, you don't know the exact journey it's going to take. Just like when you go to the airport and you get on a plane, you know the destination, right? But the pilot doesn't have on the back of your ticket the exact route or journey that they're going to take. You don't get somewhere out over Nebraska and say, well, this isn't the way I thought we were going to go. Say, as long as we're going to Los Angeles, it doesn't matter. We know our final destination. It's listed very clearly, but the exact steps of the journey are unknown. And so, too, when we think about our lives of faith, when we think about our Christian life, Jesus is very clear about final destinations, about going to prepare a place for us and bringing us to the Father, bringing us into that eternal life-giving relationship with the Father. God is not always so clear about the exact steps of the journey that we will take between now and our final destination. But what often happens is we want so desperately to be certain of the journey that we get paralyzed. We get paralyzed and we stay in one place because we say, God, until we know for certain what this looks like, I'm not going anywhere. God instead calls us into a life of trust that says, I will take you where I need you. And you'll end up where you want to end up. But in between, you're going to have to trust me. So I'm going to start reading uh, with Genesis 12. This is the call of Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he de departed from Haran. So God's call to Abraham is, Abraham, you're 75 years old. I want you to leave everything you know 
your family, or the, your, your extended family, your home, and you're going to go. And I'm going to make of you a great nation, even though you're 75 years old, and you don't have any kids. And I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. Just go. A little short on details, right? And Abraham could have had a few questions at this point, like, God, where and what's this going to look like, and how is this all going to work out? But God says, go. And verse 4 begins. So Abram went. Flipping ahead to Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Genesis 12. God tells Abram, go. Doesn't give Abram many details, but says go. Matthew 28. Jesus tells the 11 disciples, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. Everybody in the known world, you 11. Go. A little short on details, Jesus. As in, how are we going to convert the entire world when all we are are 11 disciples? Not formally trained in church planting or evangelism. Not formally trained in a lot of things. And by the way, Jesus, there's only 11 of us. You're leaving and people are going to come try and kill us. How are we going to make disciples of all nations, Jesus? A little short on details. But Jesus says, go. I think when we think about the purpose-driven life, when we think about the life lived with reckless abandon towards discipleship of the Lord Jesus Christ, that word so nicely captures our call. Go. And the church, through the witness of Scripture, has gone. And the church for the last 2,000 years has gone. And lo and behold, there are disciples scattered around the world. Jesus said, go, and the church went. The Presbyterian church has done a marvelous job of sending missionaries around the world to witness, to build churches and schools and hospitals to go and transform communities through their witness. To make disciples. But I think what Jesus is calling us as individuals to, I think what Rick Warren is pressing on us in his purpose-driven life is that we do a really good job of sending missionaries. We do a good job as a church of sending. But as individuals, do we allow God to send us. As individuals, 
do we still allow ourselves to be challenged by the word go? As individuals, do we still seek growth? Do we in our own individual lives hear the call of God calling us to go, to grow in our faith, to grow in our witness in our families and in our neighborhoods, to do what we can to make our lives an effort towards building the kingdom of God here on earth? Do we let Jesus say to us, go? And do we think about comfort and the ease with which it is to stay? And say, I'm not interested in going or growing, but I want to stay and be comfortable. And it's a challenge we have to examine ourselves honestly and to hear the call of God and to recognize and say, we don't know exactly how this is going to end up. We don't know what the next steps are going to be, but we trust God enough to lead us to the process. And we trust God that the end destination is secure in His hands. For the key to it all is in verse 20, when Christ says, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Without this promise, it would be folly to take another step. Without this promise, we would truly be lost. Without this promise, those 11 disciples would never have gone and made disciples in the whole world. But the fact of the matter is that the God who created the universe, the God who predicted his own death and resurrection, the God who overcomes the powers of evil, says he will be with you to the end of the age always, that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And that confidence that we take from that allows us then to step forward in faith, acknowledging that we don't know what our next step is going to be, but that we will take it with Christ because He is with us. It's like one of those corn mazes that become so popular around here in the fall. From above, they look so simple, right? You can, you can, you can solve it quickly. But when you're in the midst of it, you know there is a destination, but about half an hour in, you begin to wonder at what point they send out the search party. As you face another decision, you wonder, is this taking me closer to the middle of it? Or am I finding another dead end? And we wonder about that with the Christian life. Are we choosing wrongly? Am I making the right choices? Or am I being led astray? I don't see this whole thing. I can't figure it all out. But Jesus says, you don't have to figure it all out. Just go. And when you come to a decision, trust me to lead you through it. And you may not understand what the next step and the next step and the next step is. You can't see the whole thing. But trust me, I will lead you to where you need to be. So trust me in the next step. And then the one beyond that. Because I am with you always. I will not abandon you in the midst of this. I will not let you go. I will not forsake you. I will be with you. We will walk through this. Through the valley of the shadow of death. I will not fear. For you are with me. It's the promise of God. And so friends. We are called to go. We can't see five years down the road. We can't see ten years down the road. But we trust in God. We put our life in His hands and take the next step. And then the one beyond that. And He will lead us forward. 
He will lead us to and He will lead us through. And we will come to the end. And He will still be there. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we look upon You with awe and wonder. For You are Almighty Lord, Majestic Savior. You are the one who comes to conquer, the one who comes to save, the one who comes to redeem, the one who endures. And so, Lord, we put our lives in your hands and we trust you. We trust you, Lord, even though we can't see how this is all going to work out, we trust you in the next step. And we will continue to trust you minute by minute, hour by hour, as we go, as we leave our comfort behind and follow you. For you are building your church, life by life, moment by moment, decision by decision. You are building your church. And so we trust you and want to contribute with all of our lives to that effort. We trust in you to lead us and use us for your glory. And Lord, remind us, that you are with us always to the end of the age. Amen.